Welcome to Total Health Transformation Podcast, hosted by Dr. Danny Scarhill. Dr. Danny is a doctor of chiropractic, an author, speaker, and trainer. And on the THT Podcast, he interviews other health experts to glean further insights that will help you achieve total health transformation. Welcome to the Total Health Transformation Podcast. My name is Dr. Danny Scarhill, the founder of dannyscarhill.com, the author of Total Health Transformation, the proven system to unlock limitless energy, motivation, and health, and the creator of the Total Health Transformation programs. Let's get straight into it on this episode. And we have another special guest tonight, and her name is Deborah Walker. And Deborah's had a personal interest in high energy medicine, quality nutrition, optimum health, raw vegan foods and anything natural really and that passion has developed over the past 20 years due to having ME in her 20s for seven years, having Lyme's disease in her 30s and kidney infections in her 40s. This led to her becoming a naturopathic nutritionist. Then she discovered how the body has a natural ability to heal itself and it never fails to amaze her. Over the past 10 10 or so years, Deborah has gained a number of qualifications, also using energy medicine, astonishing her continually with the changes in herself and others around her that can happen very quickly. Some of her qualifications are Diploma in Naturopathic Nutrition, Advanced and Clinical, EFT Level 1, NLP Practitioner, Theta Healing Basic and Advanced, Executive Coach and many more. Without further ado, welcome to the call, Debs. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Danny. Wow, did I do all that? <laughs> you've, been, you've been a busy bee, haven't you? <laughs> I have indeed, by the sounds of things. I'm not sure when I found the time. <laughs> indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, so over the years, what do you reckon, um, What's how's your journey been? Where did you get to where you are now? What happened? Has it been a, quite a journey? Well, it has been, you know, it's been a long one in many respects and it's had lots of setbacks, as you've heard, and huge leaps as well. And I've had realizations of what I've been doing to myself. And that's the biggest thing. You know, when I started and I, I got ME back when I was 21, it you know, absolutely devastated my life and my relationships at the time, not just through the chronic tiredness, but also through the depression and other aspects of that illness that happened. And I was unable to do absolutely anything until, as you hear it, until I was about 27. Then for two years I spent them getting well and since then it's more or less been a whole focus on what makes my body function in the best way possible and that is the question I always have in my mind all of the time it meant that I knocked out foods that were processed um, I, I went on to whole foods I eliminated foods that were clogging up my system I cleansed um, I went into um, vegan foods I then went into raw vegan foods I was already very vegetarian I've been vegetarian since I was about 18 and you know I, I was just very very focused on what is actually working for me and listen to my body because I at the time I couldn't actually afford because I'd been ill for so long I couldn't afford that much support around me and um, then when I was able to I started exercising I got out into the sunlight and it just seemed to make so much difference and so my 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 journey has been one where 
when I've had the ability to, I've gone off and done workshops and and learned learned what the practitioners were talking about to me and were were attempting to get me to do at the time, but I couldn't really grasp why it was making a difference. I went off and learned, as you hear, the NLP, theta, the nutrition. I was so focused on nutrition in particular. Psych K made a massive difference. It was one of the biggest leap forwards I ever had on top of the nutrition, EFT, which is very common now, uh, but at the time wasn't that well used. Uh, using meridian work and everything um, was just absolutely phenomenal for my body. It made so many changes. Affirmations, Louisa Hayes' work, you know, bringing that into the mix was just amazing. But it was having the awareness, actually, what truly mattered uh, in my life. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I just went off and learnt them all. And that's that's the journey that I've effectively had. It's been one of curiosity and then listening and then listening to why is it? Why is why have I not got the health? You know, why? Why is this happening? And then going off and finding the next part of the jigsaw and the next part of the jigsaw. And and then I've studied them and I practice most of those things daily still to this day. I'm very uh, disciplined. Everyone will tell you I've got massive discipline and um, which is why I managed to do so much because I'm just totally focused on not just my own health now, but the health of my own clients and constantly extending that um, knowledge so that I can um, aid them in what they've got as well. So I practice what I preach, basically. And um, yeah, and I, the, the key thing I've learned is that not it's not one size that fits all. It really, really isn't. Um, you really need to listen to, to the body and then take your own direction with what feels right at the time, because not everything will feel right at the right time. And you may revisit things as well. So um, that's how I've, I've ended up where I am basically now. <laughs> It's quite a journey that you've been through. And um, what were your biggest learnings over the years? You know, I often ask people what were your, what were your failures, failures, and a lot of them say, well, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback, as we know from NLP. But what were the big things that you've took away from some of your biggest challenges? Oh, gosh, I've failed so many times. I really have. I think your failures are truly where you learn the most about yourself and your inner self in particular. And it's where you develop your inner strength. My biggest ones are that I don't I don't stop and I don't listen. And um, that's why I'm so keen on getting my clients to do the same things, because, you know, I just kept going and going and going. And in the end, I burnt myself out. In fact, I've burnt myself out three times effectively over the years. And um, I'm not I haven't got them as a as a badge of honor in the slightest. It's it very much is. A, oh, why have I done that again? But, that, you know, I've had to learn to slow down. I've had to learn that less is more. And um, to you know, I can bring myself back faster now, but I also don't take myself to those to the edge as much either. And my health is quite high because of my nutrition that's in place and the supplement. Uh, plans that are in place so I'm very focused on on that side of things but yeah I'm my biggest uh, learning is to listen I, I you know there are people around me who um, were telling me things and I just wouldn't listen to them and uh, it is very important to, to you know to, to be aware of what others are saying to you not just you know almost bypassing it all because you're too busy or you're too overwhelmed all the time and just thinking no my ego is more important <laughs> absolutely yeah I mean you mentioned um Louise Hay before being a big mm. influence in your life I mean I've uh, been following her work for many years now in fact I've got some I can do it cards on my desk and I <laughs> read one every day uh, what uh, big changes did she help you make in your life 
Oh, gosh. At one stage, um, because of her book, I understood the different pains that were happening in my body and about um, they, they, it was just so relevant in regards to what I was doing to myself at the time. And also, um, oh, I remember when I had a big relationship issue and I I sat looking in the mirror and did affirmations to the mirror, which which actually had such a, a a shift in myself I I was astonished and um the mirror work that she had you know she talks about was just uh, groundbreaking for me at the time it sounds um um fairly innocuous now to me to just sit in front of a mirror and just tell myself actually thing really didn't really believe about myself and stop being horrible of so many women um, negative about their bodies, they're negative about themselves, they're negative about their achievements, they don't celebrate the goddess within them. And actually, you know, Louisa Hay helped me to bring that back into my own life. And then effectively, I've transferred that into my client's life as much as I can. Because, you know, we're only here once as far as I know. And um, I'd, I'd rather have a happy life and one that's full of positivity and embracing of the person that I am at the time, rather than one that's actually highly negative about the person I am at the time or the way I look and things like this. You know, my friends at one stage, um, they weren't happy about coming into my house because I had a mirror in the hallway. And I'd, I'd say, so what, what's, what's the nice thing you're going to say about yourself now that you're in front of the mirror? <laughs> because you're a goddess and they don't have to tell themselves they're a goddesses. But now they all write to me and say it's goddess one or goddess 17 or <laughs> whichever number was the, the, <laughs> we've assigned to them. That's cool. I like that. It really freaked them out at first until they felt the transformation in themselves and then they were happy with it, yeah? Absolutely. And it's because we're so surrounded nowadays by the media that's so negative, um, uh, particularly about women and about the way women look. And and so I feel that part of my role is, is particularly with my clients who have got themselves into that state, is to actually bring them out of it and to see that actually... We are truly amazing beings and we should embrace the, the person we are and we should make the most of it and be happy. Be happy where we are. Just because somebody else in the media has this idea of what we should look like or sound like or be like. Well, I'm sorry, but actually, I don't care. Who is the who is the true me? That's always where I want to come back to, and that's basically what I try and instill in my clients who are, who have gone down that route of you know where they hate themselves or they just dislike what they're doing to themselves. It's about embracing the person they are because often there are reasons. There's always reasons behind why we're ending up doing things behaviourally. Oh no doubt, mm. absolutely no doubt, and uh, it's such a great philosophy that you know to my knowledge louise hay was one of the first people to talk about it extensively to love yourself yeah and to tell yourself that you love yourself as you mentioned looking in the mirror um powerful stuff and just to touch on what you were talking about with the media there i think everybody should put themselves on a media diet in other words <laughs> stop watching it stop reading it it doesn't do anybody any favors what what's you you clearly uh are on the same page with regards to that, aren't you? 
Well, um, I, I can't even remember when I got rid of my television. I was very lucky to not go through a large swathes of my t- um, of my childhood without a TV. So I was never as wedded to it as I see a lot of people now. And nothing breaks my heart more when I've been walking my dog and I, I, I'd be walking back at night and see everybody facing in the same direction towards the television and not having conversations, not interacting. I feel the television is about programming people. I have very, very clear views and very strong views and opinions about what the television has done to relationships and thinking. I think it's taken away our true ability to think and it's a programming tool. And um, I think we really need to move away from it, truly move away from it. And there's some brilliant books out there which talk about what television has actually done. There's lots of research out there showing that the hours that your children spend in front of the TV is taken away from them in health and intellect. And that should bother absolutely every parent in particular. And you see higher behavioural issues with those children who are sat in front of the TV and in front of their devices for long, long periods of time, because it's not just television now. You know, they have the ability to be watching on all those streaming devices that we have. So I feel it's quite divisive in in regards to health and uh, mindset and the ability of us to be free thinkers. Absolutely, I couldn't couldn't agree more there, Debs. In that um, some research I read not so long ago, it was done in the states, but I've no doubt it applies in the UK and the rest of Europe and the rest of the world. The amount of TV that people are watching, the average people are watching, is somewhere between four to six hours a day, mm-hmm. which equates to over a lifetime thirteen years. Yeah, thirteen yeah. years just completely wasted. Yeah, sat in front insane. of the television. <laughs> yeah, it's insane, isn't it? I find it odd when I speak to people and their whole experience has been um, via a screen. So they've never actually gone out and done it themselves. So, um, you know, the YouTube generation, as I, I've, I tend to call them, is they've been brought up on the ability to download something, learn about it via the, the YouTube or um, the television. And then actually they feel that they've had that experience. So they've never truly gone and done it themselves missing out on so much aren't they and indeed absolutely you know the experience of life is absolutely amazing when you truly get in touch with it it feeds every single cell of your body it's not just about feeding your mind it's about feeding everything we are we are receptors and in effect when we go out into nature when we when we uh, experience another person we receive we receive their energy we receive them on so many different levels it's not just about sitting in front of a television and having that experience and understanding something it's about going out and actually truly feeling it through every cell of your body as i'm concerned yes i'd agree <laughs> with that it's a good call which made me think um what what was your big um draw to naturopathic nutrition as opposed to any of the other avenues you could have taken with regards to nutrition? In particular, it was Barbara Wren's approach and the approach of Nutritional Healing Foundation. I felt it was more encompassing, so it was less scientific. It was less just about take this supplement and effectively this will do this. So it has this direct effect. Um, It was more encompassing of the Um, the whole body and the emotions of the body and so it took into account number of different aspects of health rather than just nutrition and I feel that naturopathy is a hugely important part of health um, particularly cleansing we don't do enough cleansing We, we tend to take in foods and media and other aspects of things that clog up our system that are lodged in our cells 
and on our fatty tissues. And basically, I feel that the naturopathic side of nutrition of, of what, I've, what I do is um, the cleansing side is highly important to enable your body and yourself truly to function in the way that they they uh, they should be doing. So that's why I chose it. And it just really resonated. I truly believe um, that you do things in your life that make you happy and that you find joy through and you experience in such a way that doesn't make you stressed anymore. And so I did a course which actually made me truly want to be there. I got so excited. I got so excited about the information. And I remember having my tutor about why I'd not handed my essays in. And I said, well, it's because I've been reading John Ott's work. And she looked at me and said, well, I started reading about light. And then I've started to read everything about light because I was so interested about how light is so important to the body and how it impacts on the body. And so I'd spent about six months just researching light. And that was the great thing about the course that I did. It allowed for that exploration, it allowed that curiosity and because it, it didn't just focus on nutrition and the chemistry behind nutrition. It looked at, the, at what I feel is the, the true body state and how you can bring it back into health because it's not just one aspect of thing, things that works. It's a true journey and it can be different things at different times. So sometimes it can be uh, supplementation, at, at certain times it can be cleansing, particularly at different times of the year. Um, other times it can be homeopathics and cell salts and things like that and botanicals they, they all play their part as well as mindset work and this is what uh, naturopathic nutrition did for me it opened up that whole arena so that I could actually work far more widely than just nutrition excellent good stuff you're obviously inspired in the work that you do that's that's evident <laughs> you know when you talk about cleanses and doing cleanses is there a really simple cleanse that the listeners could go away and do for themselves? Um, well, one of them would be cutting out your TV. Um, you know, <laughs> <Yeah. to> <laughs> because cleansing happens on a number of levels. You know, it can be cutting out things that are truly detrimental to the mind and the body. If you, you know, with all the things that are going on in the media, actually removing the television could remove quite a significant amount of stress. And stress is a huge factor on health. You know, if you're doing a job that you absolutely loathe, that could be a cleanse in itself by removing that job or removing, or, you know, or moving away from the people and relationships that actually don't make you happy and that are draining so there's all those aspects of things that can be seen as cleansing the other side of it is to basically we're going through um, um a season at the moment um autumn and in effect um making your you know during this transition basically making sure that your liver supported so that it actually can do a level of cleansing would be really beneficial and also lightening your foods up if you're eating processed foods remove them um you know removing sugar from the diet bit by bit by bit if you're on things like coca-cola if you're on recreational drugs remove them because you know slowly but surely pull them out of your diet those are all levels of cleanses that actually the body will benefit from removing caffeine and all that sort of thing if you're on a high optimum nutrition diet then it's a, it's a slightly different ball game because of course you're probably doing um, most of the things that we'd want you to do as naturopaths and effectively you could just go on a juicing fast for a few days and things like this to lighten up the body to enable it to actually um, eliminate so there are a number of different ways to do cleansing it really depends on where you're at with your own health picture it's a good few ideas there something for everybody definitely <laughs> you mentioned juicing um do you do juicing and smoothies and which uh, or, or smoothies should i say and which would be your preference if you do 
Well, it depends on where I am. Um, at the, I love my Vitamix. Absolutely love it. In, and I would probably fight you for my Vitamix, I have to say. Um, <laughs> that's, how, that's how important it is in my life. I love the the fact that I can throw everything in, including algae and, um, in, into my smoothies. And it makes it really quick. I use quite a, a lot of superfoods at times um, and other times not. So it, it really does go through phases. So at the moment, I'm doing quite a lot of smoothies. Um, but that's because my I've moved and my juicer is isn't available um i would normally do both in in the day i also make quite a lot of chinese teas and things and we'll we'll make um them as a base for my smoothies so there's there's different reasons for me doing different things but most of my clients will know that if they come to me during the clinic times i've normally got a smoothie on the go throughout the day because it's an easy way for me to actually have fast food and it's the way i believe fast food should be <laughs> i agree 100 percent, yeah Excellent. So when you work with your clients, is there a particular diet that you um, would recommend? For example, obviously being a vegetarian yourself, which is better? Do you reckon vegetarian, vegan or paleolithic diet, for example? Um, I will always tailor my diets directly for my clients. So I get a number of different people who come see me because I'm, I've been raw vegan and because I have a vegan diet myself. So they're looking for that expertise of, to make it work. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I will get a lot of people also for vegetarian, but I will always absolutely tailor it for the client and what they actually want to achieve. And so there may be times when they're on more of what, what's now called a paleo diet. Um, but I see it that I actually um, I'm focused on the nutrients so I will just be making sure they have the right nutrients in their diet whether it's through a paleo diet through a vegan diet a raw vegan diet a vegetarian diet it really doesn't matter to me it's just for me about nutrients so I will tell them specifically the types of foods I want them to include and when I want them to include them um, I'm not someone who puts recipes together I tend to do um, I tend to have people focus on the types of foods that will give them the nutrients whilst I do the other work with supplements so for instance if I'm restoring their gut I will give them foods that actually enable me to do that far better if I'm looking to cleanse their liver um, I'll be looking at foods that can help me do that better and so I will include them in that diet so it's never one type of diet for me I'm purely interested in the nutrients and what they're going to do in the body and in my client's body so that I can get that body to do what I need it to do that's a good outlook. Uh, focus on nutrition as opposed to a specific diet because people can get um, obsessed in things, can't they? Like you must have met loads of uh, vegans over the years who um, it's almost like it's became a religion for them and anyone that's not in their religion, they kind of give a bit of grief to. Have you experienced that? Well, yeah, when I, when I was in particularly doing raw, more raw foods and I'm I'm, I'm basically about... 60% raw if you want to kind of percentage and that's where I've kind of stuck at and I'm happy at but when I was doing quite a lot of raw foods and was doing quite a lot of events I saw that people were um, um, almost had religious fervor about the fact that if you weren't completely raw then you weren't experienced in true health and were very negative towards people that weren't actually um, completely raw or even attempting to go raw and and I think that you you can get too hung up on types of diets. I, I believe in intuition and the wisdom of the body. And I believe that, you know, the diet that I do for me, um, I know the pitfalls of it. 
right? So I have to make sure that they're bridged, the gaps are bridged um, with supplementation and um, things like protein powders and stuff like that. So I'm very aware, um, and mine is driven very much by ethics um, in regards to the animal rights side of things. So um, I'm, I can see where people have been very obsessive, almost at the detriment of their own um, health. And you see that quite a lot in the in the raw food movement in particular, I've, as I've kind of watched it. And I, I just feel that actually you need to step back and just listen to the wisdom of your own body. And no one guru has the answer because they tend to be referring to what's worked for them. There's very few people who are incredibly widely read and have encompassed different ways of being and understand that actually different things work for different people at different times and um you know you only have to look at you know let's look at the cycle of of, of a woman's life you know you during their um their first cycle of, uh, they have their periods menstruation and then um, they have pregnancy and then you've got um, having the children and they're not sleeping after them and uh, you're often very depleted and then go through menopause. All of those need different approaches with different nutrients to keep the balance. And I think by getting hung up on one diet, you're missing a trick in regards to the true wisdom that your body can tell you. It makes an awful lot of sense that, yeah, I, I can see the logic behind that for sure. And um, so for someone like myself who is transitioning towards uh, becoming a vegan, I've been a meat eater for my whole life, but over the last year or so I've reduced the intake significantly. And when I do eat meat, it's organic, free range, grass fed, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, what um, suggestions or advice would you give to somebody who is transitioning towards vegan to make it more smooth without falling off the wagon too many times, etc.? Well, I don't see it as falling off the wagon. You know, let's go back to that whole um, start where we talked about it's just feedback. <laughs> yeah. And if you're if you're not actually able to do something, then it's it, the question is is isn't about beating yourself up. It's about why is it not fitting? Does it not feel right? And so for me, it's all those questions. People often force themselves to go down a route at a far faster pace than actually um, you might want to or unconsciously want to. There's other things going on for why you may be. As, as you consider it falling off the wagon i feel that um we go through not so much transition but we go through a journey and it's a you know to coin a phrase from my tutor it's a marathon not a sprint room wasn't built in a day and actually moving uh, your diet you know diet has a lot of rituals and has a lot of meaning behind it and it, and it actually impacts on your behavior significantly and there's plenty of research out there that shows as you change your diet um if you're affecting the gut then it's going to affect your behavior it's going to affect your mindset and so there's all those aspects of things so whilst you're transitioning um i would just say it as a journey more than a transition and actually i look at i'd, I'd be looking at how you can enjoy the diet that you're bringing in what does it mean to introduce more vegetables what does it mean to actually remove that meat and then replacing it with your beans are you able to break down your beans effectively um you know do you have the enzyme picture lots of people um when they're transitioning go yo 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 backwards and forwards and i find it's because the digestive enzymes aren't able to break the foods down so they're, they're finding them more difficult to deal with and things like this there's lots of different factors so i'd understand uh, my underlying um picture of nutrition as well i definitely have a test done so that i understood where i was in regards 
to do um, all of my nutrient picture and whether whether I had specific deficiencies so that I know how to tailor my diet far more so that I can target whether it's B vitamins or vitamin K and things like this and then understand why you know those those things are not there as well particularly if you're taking them in why aren't you breaking them down better but so that's how would I make it smoother I'd enjoy the journey (laughs) that's good advice good sound advice so you've mentioned um throughout the call so far a few of your inspirations to create health in yourself and um role models that you've had over the years are there any current role models that you that you aspire to and that in you know drive you to do the work that you do now oh gosh um I love going to to see Philip Weeks. Um, I think he's just an amazing naturopath. Um, absolutely love John Andrews, who's also a naturopath. He's a phenomenal amount of information when you go to his workshops. I come away not just inspired, but my my knowledge has almost gone up another level just by working and uh, by actually learning from those two individuals. I, I love David Jobs' work. Uh, Barbara Wren truly uh, knocks my socks off. Um, Donna Eden, absolutely adore her work. And I learn from her nearly every day. I pull the book out that she's basically, anything she's doing for talking, uh, the book, the Bible that she's created, I use it nearly every single day with myself to actually extend the knowledge continuously. Those are key people that I have in, in that I can come to mind immediately you know there's people like david wolf totally and amazingly inspiring david wolf he's he's phenomenal on his level of knowledge if i was going to be like anybody it would be to have just as much knowledge as him um you 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 know wow you know i only have one word for david and that's wow (laughs) in effect but you know also gabriel cousins you know they're doing amazing work you know they, they are truly inspiring people in the industry but there's loads of people i have to say that my life is full of books and full of lectures where i go to and i'm taught by amazing people continuously who add one more nugget which i take and i utilize all of the time and they they drive me because they just they they help me to help my clients and that is so exciting when you use something you hear something you think I've got the perfect client for that. And it's just almost like a jigsaw that's gone into place. You go back, you work with them and, and it resolves it. And it's nothing, nothing better than that feeling. So, you know, I read all the time. Wow. I, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head, to be honest. <laughs> well, there's plenty there. And um, one of the ones I definitely know that you mentioned, um, David Wolf, he is mm. a very inspirational guy. And as you say, very knowledgeable incredible i don't know how old he is but he looks really young i bet you're he's, he's a lot older than he looks <laughs> i think i i think he's uh, younger than me definitely <laughs> is he? i don't, I don't yeah. know how old you are either and i'm not gonna ask you <laughs> thank you <laughs> so um you know you mentioned earlier that you you use cft on yourself extensively and yeah. i presume you use it on your clients what sort of stuff do you use it for with clients typically obviously everyone's different like but what what's what's worked really well in the past oh gosh i've used it from every anything from someone feeling that they've got um insects crawling under their skin through to um grief removing grief and someone had been in a worn torn territory and helping them to 
shift what's what's being held in their body from what they'd seen in this during the war um, so that they'd experienced so I've used it quite extensively I mix it um, so it's how I mix it is I tend to do EFT and Psych K significantly Psych K because it makes such a huge difference with myself I'll do EFT I often have my client lying down and I may use um, I have an Asira machine and I may put the remedies together and then actually laser it directly into the points or I'll hold the points um, to help clear so I'll put the remedy directly into the point uh, where I feel that the energy stuck in particular um, so I will mix um, the energy therapy is up quite uh, quite a lot in all honesty to to get the shift that I'm looking for with the client that's brilliant um I mean I've there's there's an awful lot of similarities in the the work that both myself and yourself do and the, there's loads of overlap with the EFT <laughs> the NLP and various other um forms of energy work if you like and I've found working on myself that I mix things up quite a bit in that I might do some EFT work and then bring in some Sedona method and various other things and it you kind of make your own thing up out of it don't you and you find out what works yeah absolutely I um I almost enjoy mixing things up in all honesty and um I think when you it's it's, it's nice to learn a recipe but actually the true um, work comes when you're actually able to use those ingredients and start to create shifts which you never intend you know you never knew you could actually do in, in effect and um i love playing with things and seeing whether things will work because you know it's it, it can get a bit regimented doing things in one specific way whereas i find that actually often intention clear intention of what i'm going to do with the client and what i want to move and how i want to move it and the client understanding this will make a massive difference on its own uh, never mind doing all the other work the energy work yeah it's very true that mm. so how much um, water do you tend to <laughs> recommend that people drink and what are your views on it um, I'm, I'm in a fantastic position that actually I have spring water every day at the moment. So uh, um, I would suggest you you get the best quality water and the best quality filters that you can afford nowadays and don't drink chlorinated at all and avoid your tap waters. Um, how much do you drink? Um, you shouldn't be thirsty in many respects. And um, it, how much you drink is dependent on um, very much how ill you are, how much inflammation you are, you've, you've got, um, whether you're training or not, um, because that will change things, the climate that you're in. So it's it's quite difficult to actually suggest a specific amount in all honesty, um, because it can be different for different people. So you're looking at probably for an average person, anything between one and a half litres a day to maybe two and a half to three litres a day, dependent on the body and dependent on what is actually happening within their life and in their health. So it's I my suggestions are always different. I have clients who um, are unable to drink anything at times. And so it can get down to one teaspoon an hour with some people. So to actually start to rehydrate their body again in the way that it needs to be. So it's always different. I absolutely tailor everything for every single client who comes through the door because I have to. Yeah, it's a it's a interesting point that because everybody is different and there's never any um, two practitioners the same, is there? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
and part of the work I do is chiropractic, as you know, and uh, I've never met any two chiropractors the same. I'm sure it's a very same thing with the naturopaths and any, any other practitioner for that matter, isn't it? Well, I think that, you know, the Western model of medicine have it completely wrong in many respects because they've got it's an almost an industrialization of medicine, which treats the body as a machine. And actually, um, it's shown by their own research that when their practitioners and their doctors are very different towards their patients and they sit and listen and and they take care and they actually often don't go away with any medications the individuals get uh, get healthier um, better faster and so I feel that actually it's important that as practitioners we are a number of different we, we play a number of different roles from being the person who most obviously wants to listen to you um, through to the person who can help heal you and who can help support you and help you with advice and guidance and support and knowledge in effect to get you where you need to get to. So I feel that there's, this is why it ends up that practitioners are very different in their approach because I think they have a far wider understanding that everybody's different. And when you walk through the door of a clinic, it's very much that we're going to treat you holistically as you and you will actually direct the pace of the session. You will direct the content of the session, whereas most people go into a doctor, a doctor's surgery expecting to be told what to do. I, As far as I'm concerned, our role is to empower empower the individual to take responsibility, to truly understand um, that they can heal themselves and that's why I think we, we as practitioners, we tend to all practice differently because we're, we're, we're resonating with the client and therefore it will always be different for every single client and for every single practitioner. Very, very true that. And um, it reminded me of something you said earlier on and um, you'd burnt yourself out a few times. <laughs> Uh, so it, 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 as you said that it reminded me of something that because I, I practiced TM transcendental meditation yeah. and the guy who founded that many many years ago Maharishi um, he always talks about rest and activity yeah. and then rest and then the activity what's your views on meditation and what do you do to relax <laughs> um, Jean my naturopath will laugh if she hears this um, my, my opinion on meditation for years as I would go with my naturopath, she would say to me, and I'd say, no, I don't, I don't have gene, I don't have time to breathe, never mind meditate, that was so ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> when, I, when I finally listened to my naturopath, um, I realised that meditation and taking time out and creating space for the mind was one of the most important parts of getting well. And it's now always a part of my day. I spend a lot of time almost mulling my day over. Tom Evans would call it getting into the zone. And he actually, you know, expresses the fact that, you know, for every minute of meditation you do, you get at least two back. So you double your time. on. And I actually agree with that. I think meditation's hugely helped my focus uh, beyond the, that which I ever thought it could do. And I truly believe in getting to bed very unparty like by about 1030. And <laughs> I am religious at doing that because Every single day I have the energy 
um, that outstands most people. They're, they they kind of almost amazed about the level of energy I've got. And it's because I'm so, I, I believe that, we, you know, I'm so disciplined in regards to, I will go to bed on time because it gives me back so much more. So I am focused on my rest. I'm fo- focused on my relaxation and particular meditation. Now I try and get my, my clients to meditate but they're often as resistant as I was. And I understand that. I have a lot of empathy around that because life is so overwhelmingly busy to try and lie down or to sit down or even to just take a minute out when you've still got so much on your plate, your mind just won't stop. And, you know, I I left work in the end to enable me to actually pursue the the quietness in my mind in many respects. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that might be the way, but I feel that our lives now are driven by factors that, you know, are often unnecessary when we start to list them down. We worry about things that really we shouldn't be worrying about. We could just let go in many respects and just live. Meditation is incredibly important (laughs) for that. I couldn't agree more. I mean, sometimes we've got to slow down before we can go faster, haven't we? Yeah, less is more. Exactly, yeah. And something I read recently is um, sometimes the best way to move forwards is to retreat. So, yeah, I I mean, it makes an an awful lot of sense. And you mentioned meditation gives you improved focus. And that's something that I've noticed over the past five years. I've been meditating massive improvements in um, focus and also much higher productivity. Have you experienced that? Because you get a lot done, don't you? Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm very disciplined and anything that comes in, I'm very, very clear about uh, filing it away. And, and so whereas originally it would have all overwhelmed me and I would have had a huge inbox and all this business. Now I'm very clear on my priorities. And so everything's filed and then it comes into my priority list. And that's partly because I spent I spend the time focusing and being um, having the time and this headspace now. So I, I I'm. I'm quite um, strong about pushing people back. If I don't want to do something, I'll just say no now, particularly if I feel that it's not in my priority list. It's not actually going to move me forward and it's not going to benefit in some way or it's just going to make me overly busy. So I'm, you know, and I'm do, I'm the same with the number of clients I take on. I'm very clear about the number of clients I take on. But I've only done that because I became clear in my own intention on how I wanted to live my life. And that came about because I did create the space. I sat, I sat with what I was doing and how I was doing it. And slowly but surely, things dropped off the list. Because I just thought that's not important anymore. It's not important anymore. And also, I learned something from my dad. Um, he made me save up for everything. And he, he used to say to me, you know, you've got to, if you want something, don't just go and immediately get it and, and get yourself into debt for it. Actually, you know, save up for it. Because by the time you've actually, you know, got to that point, you may not need it. You may not even want it anymore. And and actually, he was absolutely right. And I think it's important that you give yourself space to think, space to cogitate on things about whether it's truly right for you and what you're doing and how you're living your life. Because often we're overwhelmed. And then when people tell me about all their overwhelm, I can see from from my outside perspective how they could remove some of that, but they can't because they're so in it. And meditation enables you to almost extract yourself. And it is, it's about slowing down, slow down, and then you can bring everything back in if you want. 
but it enables you to become clear when you bring it in about how it's going to benefit you and you can do it with far better intention and far better focus i also the other thing i don't do is i don't um multitask i'm very clear i'll get a task out of the way with and then i'll spend some time after it and that's not so much meditation time that's space to think about the work that i've just done and what I now want to do next so it's almost I give myself more space than ever and yet I do I get more done than ever (laughs) it's cool there's a lesson there isn't there everyone needs to meditate well yeah I learned a lot from my dog you know Tim van der Vlet I should say van der Vlet um he basically you know he talks about the spiritual (laughs) the spiritual learning he's had from the dog which he has on the front cover of his book and he was absolutely right we had a conversation about this when I did an interview that he you know I learned a lot from my dog she basically she expended a lot of energy when she went out and ran after deer or whatever else she was chasing and then she'd come back and then she'd sleep And she'd sit and she'd just watch in the garden. And I used to think, gosh, what a waste of time. And then, uh, you know, now I I watched her basically go, gosh, look at that dog meditating. (laughs) 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 She's got it absolutely right. She's clear on her intention for about 20 to 30 minutes. And then after that, she doesn't expend any more energy because that's not what her intention is. Yeah, it's very true that. I mean, <laughs> I think all animals uh, in, in some way are very, very spiritual and dogs definitely are. I mm. agree with that. Yeah. They're very, uh, they can pick up lots of different things from you and the environment, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So do you know when you, um, when you give advice to patients, clients and, you know, anyone else who you happen to be chatting to, what's, what uh, advice would you give to somebody if though they were looking specifically to maximize their energy and performance and their their life and lifestyle? Um, you've got to cut out processed foods. You you can't eat processed foods if you want to truly maximize your health and not optimize it to the level. Um, processed foods just need to be out of the equation. You need to be prepared to actually prepare your own foods and take the time out to nurture yourselves. What it's about it's about getting back in touch with is true food not um boost food that actually doesn't benefit the body and has sat on the shelf and has got no goodness to it at all um you have to have fresh foods you need to be totally focused on fresh foods um you um you, you shouldn't hand over the task of preparing your food of, of someone else preparing your food as far as i'm concerned you should always prepare your own food and actually be happy when you're preparing your food because that energy actually reflects in the food that you're actually making so i think that's also very important um i think that you need to be prepared to cleanse regularly every year have vegetable juices in your diet um make sure that your diet is balanced in a way that you are balanced so if you're angry you need to look at your diet because possibly your diet is not actually being quite right for you and um if you're you know if you're not got any motivation and things like that it might not just be about the fact that you've got nothing around you stimulating you might also be down to the foods and not benefiting you and uh you know they're just not right for you so actually you need to listen to your body as well um vegetables need to be high on your list as far as i'm concerned um it has to be high nutrition, focused on the nutrition, not calories. We are so focused on calories. It's ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. And it's not about calories. Um, I eat far more calories um, than actually um, I would be suggested for my height and 
yeah for my height and stature and in effect um <laughs> i'm i'm basically what seven stone um nine and that's where i tend to stay and so you know you can eat far far more nutrition than calories you just need to get away from the calorie uh, focus as far as i'm concerned go organic um you'll never get good health until you go organic because of the impact on the endocrine system and the fact that all those pesticides and the organophosphates are affecting your hormones they are affecting your bowel and they will reduce your health over time um, grow your own if you can do get out into the light that's always I, I believe the light is incredibly important for the body um you know so getting out in it is is, is one of the key things you should do absolutely every day and have exercise i actually am a believer that you need to experience hot and cold throughout the day so one of the great ways of doing that is actually by getting outside and going for a walk in whatever the weather there's nothing better than standing in a field when the 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 wind is absolutely pummeling you and the rain and you think what on earth am i doing but you get in and then you feel the warmth think wow what an experience that was because the weather is so so important as far as i'm concerned to feel against the body so it's all those aspects of things um take supplements only to bridge the gap um you shouldn't be having supplements instead of food as far as i'm concerned and your supplements should be um food state they shouldn't be synthetic filter your water if you can get spring water like i've got i truly truly say go and get it it is absolutely fantastic um the spring water here is phenomenal we go and get it from the forest uh, every couple of days and it's just so different the energy about it is so different if you can't then filter your water and the other thing i would say for optimal health is to remove anything that makes you negative or unhappy you need to remove yourself from that environment and actually pursue the things that you truly love. I've done that throughout my whole life and it's taken me on an amazing journey from being what was an artist originally through to working in the corporate sector through to now owning a radio station. I never imagined doing any of those things and actually I I work every single day to inspire myself and if anybody around me is stopping me from feeling happy or is stopping me from enjoying the life that has been given to me, then I actually believe that they should not be in my life. And the things like work that's making me feel negative shouldn't be in my life. And I believe that, you know, all of that brings stress and we shouldn't have stress. We should just be truly enjoying the work that we are doing. That is how I believe you get great health. (laughs) Excellent. There was so much fantastic advice in that. Um, last little segment there about creating maximum energy and performance there's so many takeaway moments that people will um can take away from so that's fantastic deb so when you um when you work with your clients um what what is something that they uh, often come in with What's Um, the most common thing you get to deal with on a day-to-day basis? Oh, gosh. Um, Probably uh, digestive issues and um, people who have got no energy and uh, are chronically fatigued. So those are the arenas that people tend to come through the door. My my clinic is predominantly women. Um, It's not to say that I don't have men, but it's predominantly women who who turn up with those things. And... um, 
yeah, it can turn out to what the what the doctor will have called IBS issues, but it can come down to things like the thyroid's out of balance, and um, you know, the yes, they've overextended themselves, let's say, um, throughout their life, and um, they've actually just put themselves into chronic fatigue because they're absolutely shattered from doing what they're doing. Okay, and uh, obviously working working um, pr- predominantly with women. What's the what's the biggest um, turnaround that you can give them if they come in like with chronic fatigue? What say I was a woman coming to see you now? What would you what would you say? What would you, what would the advice be? Okay, so everybody has to go through an initial consultation with me, which takes about one and a half hours. It's very unlike going to see your doctor. Um, I want to understand your whole health picture right from birth to to current day. So and how the individual is living their life. So I have this whole map in front of me of what has happened to lead to this current picture of health. And then I will do screenings, which is bioresonance screenings, which allows me to understand efficiency pictures, hormonal pictures, neurotransmitter pictures and how the gut's working and other things. Um, so there's a massive amount of information. I tie the two together in the session and I, I explain what is happening to the client and actually why they are the way they are and what we need to do. And and so I work to always empower my client by helping them in their first session to understand their health picture and why it is the way it is. And then what we will do together to actually unpick that. So I'm almost act like an advisor to them. And then they can create the choices for themselves about how they're going to move themselves forward. And so we put a treatment plan together and then I will move move them slowly forward at their pace because whilst you're transitioning you said you'd fallen off the wagon yourself on the way to becoming vegan and they do the same things we all do you know it's not just we get better and better and better and better and we're perfect it's just never like that and we you know life is just not like that you know i have clients that go to france and are meant to be on a gluten and dairy-free diet you know and it's really not the place to be on a gluten and dairy-free diet i've got you know friends who uh, clients who go over to um Spain and basically have not been able to emit meat <laughs> effectively so you know there are always challenges and so we we work through the challenges together so that they can incorporate um, good health into their lifestyles and therefore it's not um, difficult for them to move themselves forward and slowly but surely the energy levels come back as we get the right um, picture of nutrition in place and the supplementation in place and I'll also work with homeopathic uh, remedies as well as botanicals and the energy therapies so it depends what someone comes through the door at door with it really does and everything is absolutely tailored in every single session for the next few weeks going forward so that the client um, is always progressing in the way that they want to progress at the pace that they want to progress excellent that's fantastic, Debs. A little bit, little bit more insight into uh, how you do the work that you do. Is there anywhere online that you want to send people to to get some more information about yourself? What's your website? Well, if you put Deborah Walker Naturopath into the uh, into Google nowadays, you will find me. I can absolutely promise you that. Thanks, thanks to my IT team. Um, but um, you'll find me via Passport to Change. So it's www.passporttochange.co.uk. And um, yep, all of my details are, are on there. And then we've got Natural Health Radio. So we actually, um, you know, we do the show Food for Thought on Natural Health Radio. Excellent. Fantastic. 
Well, thanks for um, taking out some time out of your super busy schedule to be with us today, Deb. It's very much appreciated. It's been my pleasure, Danny, honestly. Excellent stuff. You've been listening to the THT podcast with myself, Dr. Danny Scarhill. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or any one of the other outlets where we stream. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash totalhealthtransformation. You can also find more information about myself on my website, dannyscarhill.com, where you'll find lots of fantastic information and some free products for you as well. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Take care. All the best. You've been listening to Dr. Danny Scarhill on the Total Health Transformation Podcast, helping you to eat, move and think on purpose. See you on our next episode.